Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. Good morning, church. And good morning to those that are joining us online. What a wonderful, wonderful time it is to come before the Lord. Amen. Now, uh, I... I'm not very good at giving titles to sermons, but I'm going to try and give this one a title. Uh, I'll call it, Give It What You Got. (laughs) Give It What You Got. Amen. In the Bible, in the book of John chapter 4, there's a story. Uh, I'll try and paraphrase this story and read only a, a few verses from it. Now, Jesus is coming from Judea going to Galilee. And he decides to go through this town called Samaria. And during the sixth hour, the Bible says, he stopped at a well and sat there because he was weary. And his disciples walk into the city to go and buy some food. But as Jesus sits there, a woman of Samaria comes to fetch some water. Now, in the culture of the day, Women only went to the, wo- to the well in the morning or in the evening. They didn't go at noon. If you have any understanding of the, how the, the desert works, if you've got a well in the desert, the water seeps during the night and you get most of the water in the morning or in the evening. When you come at noon, you have to really extend your string very deep to get water. And sometimes the water is muddy, it is clay. There was a certain reason why this woman came in the afternoon when no one else was at the well. She had trouble dealing with other people. She had trouble dealing. Have you ever been tired of dealing with people? Have you ever been tired, you've had enough and you, you, you sacrifice getting the best water and you say, even if I get muddy water, but I just don't want to deal with people. This is what this woman was going through. She, she was tired of dealing with other women. So she decides to come at noon. And this meeting with Jesus was not an accident, by the way. Jesus specifically came at that time because he knew that's where he was going to meet her. Now the discussion begins. He says, can you give me something to drink? And the woman says, why would you talk to me? You are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. There was this divide between the Jews and the Samaritans. And Jesus says, and, and the woman says, me being a Samaritan woman, why would you ask me for a drink? And Jesus says, if only you knew who was asking you for a drink, you, you, you would ask him to give you a drink and I'll give you a drink that lasts forever. Amen. And the woman says, you don't even have anything to draw the water with. How are you going to give me a drink? And he says, I I have eternal life in me. I have water that lives forever in me. And he says, are you greater than our, our, our father Jacob who dug this well, who drank from this well as well as, as well as his livestock? So the debate goes on. And, and, and then Jesus goes and says, To the woman, go and call your husband. And the woman goes, I do not have a husband. Jesus says, you told the truth. You've had five husbands and the one that you have now is not your husband. So you've told it well. So if we read in the, in, in verse 28 and 29 is where I want to read. The, the woman left 
here water pot and went away in the city and said to the men, Come and see a man who told me all things I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Amen. Now, after this conversation, the woman goes into the city and he tells, she tells the man, Come and see a man who has told me whatever I've ever done. Now, during this time, the culture of the day, women could not freely talk to men. Women could not just go to men and, and talk to them. But Jesus chooses this woman because of her dealings with men, because of her background, because of her character. She has a capacity to speak to men because of her profession. Amen? Because of what she had done, where she has been, she had the capacity to talk to men. And the gospel she brings was not complicated. The gospel she brought was not from Bible school. It was simply come and see a man who has told me what I've ever done. Why do we complicate the gospel? God wants to use you as you are. He doesn't, he doesn't wait for you to be perfect. Perfect women came in the morning. Perfect women came in the evening. But the, this woman is the one that Jesus wanted. This woman is the one that Jesus knew was effective. You are the one that God wants. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to wait until you are, you are anointed and you, are, you have enough anointing inside of you to bring the gospel to a workplace, to bring the gospel to your family, to the people that know you, to the dealings that you have been before. God wants to use what you got. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? God wants to use where you have been. A person without a testimony, their gospel is not effective. A person who has never committed anything, their gospel is not effective because they are judgmental. Oh, come on, yo. People who have never committed a sin are judgmental. They cannot preach to anyone because what they simply do is they think they're better than everybody else. But God wants to use you in your flaws. God wants to use you in your weaknesses. God wants to use you with your background. I've been to jail. I can, I can, I can preach to, to jail pets. I've been, I've, been to, I've been a sinner. I can preach to sinners. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't have to change so that you can preach a gospel at your workplace. You don't have to go to a Bible school. You don't even have to stand up here. All you need to do is take what you got. Just go as you are and say, with what I got, come and see a man who has told me what I've ever done. Come and see a man. The gospel is so simple. You don't have to know the, 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 the Jewish word for it. You don't have to know the Hebrew word for this. You don't have to know the Greek word for this. You don't have to know the Bible lingo for this. You just have to say, come and see a man that I've seen. This is the gospel. This is the power of the gospel. Simple as it is. Come and see a man who has told me what I've ever done. And most probably some of the women, the, the, way, the, why, the, the, the reason why they didn't like it, maybe she had taken their husbands. Maybe there was a history there. Maybe something had happened. But the very same husbands were called and they came to Christ and they got born again. Maybe they reconciled with their, husbands, with their wives. Who knows? God had to use this woman. God had to meet with this woman because of what she has been through. 
Even if you look at in the Old Testament, when the spies come into Israel for the first time, they, 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 so they, they come and see this, this harlot. She was the only one that was saved in the whole city of Jericho. A harlot was the only one. There is something about harlots. There is something about loose women. There's, even the gospel itself is loose. Oh, come on. You didn't know this. The gospel is loose. It doesn't choose. The gospel doesn't, doesn't need perfect people. The gospel is for the worst of people. God's grace is so promiscuous. It doesn't choose anyone. God's grace is, is so open. You know, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. If I was God, I would choose perfect people. I would choose people with their Maybelline and everything, you know, people that are well made up, people that, that are perfect, people that have, that have a six-pack, people that have, you know, bicep and triceps. These are the kind of people that I will choose because I, I, see, I see with the human eye. But the Bible doesn't care. The Bible doesn't care. It causes the fat. It, does, it causes the, the thin. It, does, it causes the dark in color, the light in complexion. It causes short and tall. The Bible doesn't care what you look like. The Bible Bible doesn't care where you come from. The, the, the gospel doesn't care whether you, you stammer when you speak English. It doesn't care whether English is your first language. It doesn't care whether you are German. It doesn't care where you come from. The, the gospel is promiscuous. This is the word of the day. The gospel is promiscuous. It doesn't care where you have been. It doesn't matter. You don't have to wait until you are perfect to preach. Because you're going to wait for a long time. You don't have to wait until you've got this revelation, this mighty revelation, that you go and share the gospel. Otherwise, you confuse people. Praise God. Revelation, leave revelation for people that have walked for a while. But all you simply have to do is tell people, come and see a man. That has changed my life. Come and see a man who has healed my headaches. Come and see a man who has changed my life. Come and see a man that has told me what I've ever done. As simple as that. Praise God. As sim this is how simple the gospel is. Because if I was to go to, 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 to my workplace and I take my Bible, I carry my Bible every time and I say, come, I need to share something with you. I intimidate people with the Bible. Some people have never held the Bible all their lives. Some people don't even know how many, what's the first book in the Bible. You don't have to mention that. Just tell them there's a man who loves you as you are. There's a man who met me when I was as bad as you are. There was a man who met me when I was in my worst state, when, when, when I was confused, when I was in depression. There's a man who met me and he walked me through my depression. That's the most effective gospel you can ever bring to your workplace or anywhere for that matter. Praise God. The challenge, you know, the, the, this week we were just discussing this at our connect book. And we say the problem we have as Christians is we are too judgmental. We judge people for what they are doing. We judge people for swearing. We judge people for smoking. We judge people for sinning as if we have never sinned ourselves. We judge, but to, to, to make matters worse, we are the worst hypocrites because we hide our sin. At least these sinners don't have to hide it. They do it publicly, but you hide your sin. And you pretend as if you're better than everybody else. 
You, 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 you pretend as if you have never done anything wrong. Praise God. Every, every time you speak in tongues, the devil will be whispering, what were you saying yesterday? What were you saying the other day? And then you feel the, condemn, the, the condemnation. But let us not judge. Let us not judge others. Let's, let, us, let, us be, let us be the ones that bring this effective gospel that says the door is open. It is open. When Jesus hung on that cross and he said it is finished, the Bible says that the veil was rent from top to bottom and it has been gaping open ever since then that whoever will, whoever wants to come in can come in and find grace and redemption. It doesn't have to. There is no qualification on this. There is no prerequisite to enter into the kingdom. Just as you are, give it what you got as a preacher. Give it what you got. Just say it as it is. Your life testimony is the, 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 the biggest message you can ever preach. Praise God. What God has ever done in your life is the greatest message you can ever preach. Your testimony is the greatest message you can ever preach. Even if you don't quote a single verse in the Bible, as long as you say, you say your testimony, God saved me. God found me when I was lost. God found me when I was going through depression. God found me when I was nothing. I always say this with people, that when I was nothing, God found me. When I had nothing, God found me. I had no hope at all. My family, my family was so dysfunctional. I had no hope. And then God finds me again. God loves a person like me. And God transforms a person like me to, to, to experience love for the first time. You know, I remember when I first experienced a motherly love was when I was about 18 years old. In church, the women in church, they loved me so. I used to be so suspicious. If someone, you know, if someone loved me, I thought they wanted something from me. But then I experienced genuine love from women in the church who were not my, 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 my biological mother. We were not related in any way, but just that love, it relaxed me. It starts to relax me, and then I start to trust again. I start to understand God's love through people that extended, that exerted themselves to love a stranger, to love a man, who, a, a young man who does not trust, an angry young man who has no trust for anyone. That's how God works. That's how the gospel works. That's the power of the gospel. To go and love someone who doesn't even love themselves. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? There are so many people that have been so disappointed by men that if you come and introduce God as a man, they will not accept him. You didn't get what I said. Some people have been so disappointed by men that if you come and introduce God as a man, they will not accept him because they hate men. They were left by their father. They were left by a husband. They were left by a second husband. They don't trust men. What you have to come with is feminine love. Praise God. Even the Bible says God loves us like an eagle. He embraces us in his wings. That's what a mother does. God embraces us in, in his wings. So you have to come and embrace them. Love them. You know, even, do you know the worst person, the people that... I know sometimes it's very hard to bring the gospel in a workplace because the people are so annoying. To begin with, maybe you got frustrated in traffic and by the time you get to the office, you're already in a bad mood. And it's hard to share the gospel when you're already in the, in, in the bad mood. And you've got this prick that you work with who always tells on you. 
This prick who always takes glory for what you have done. But you're supposed to love them anyway. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Praise God. I, I, I know I'm talking to people here who have the same experience. Right now you wish someone gets fired at work. You are wishing them to get fired or they get transferred because you have heard enough of them. Like this woman. She had heard enough of these women. She changed the timetable to get and to go fetch water because she had heard it dealing with people. Praise God. We get to such a point where we have had enough of people. We wish we could just call brimstone from heaven and say, God, just burn this place up. Maybe you don't even like the manager. You don't like the owner of the business to a point you wish this business will go broke. You are forgetting that if the business goes broke, that means you don't have employment yourself. Praise God. But you need to be praying. You know, this is one thing. This is one thing that we need to learn as Christians. I, I remember a few years back, we, we, in, we were working in Baldivis and I don't remember, I think it was around noon. So there were about 120 trucks coming into the quarry. And all of a sudden, the trucks, gets load, the trucks get loaded and they just stop. They, they, there was a, a traffic jam in the quarry and everyone is yelling, abusing and saying, what is going on? Guess what? I took a walk and there was a guy who was parked at the front because it was his prayer time. He parked the truck and got his mat out. And he went and bowed and started praying. He didn't care about everyone else. He was building his own altar. But you know, you go to these workplaces that you're working. Someone has already come in early and they've built an altar before you got there. You need to start going to work early. You need to go in early and build your own altar before everyone else comes. The reason why you are getting all these frustrations is because there is no altar that belongs to you. The altar that you are worshipping, the altar that you are working around belongs to somebody else. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You need to wake up in the morning. You know, instead of getting there two minutes before you start, or exactly that you don't want to give the company any, any extra minutes. So I will clock in exactly at the same time. But what you don't know is somebody else has already prayed right there to whatever God they pray to. You now come all day, you are frustrated. There's nothing going on. There's, you have no joy in your workplace because someone else has already come and burned their own incense. I would go in early myself. I would get there and say whatever has been, whatever covenant has ever been agreed in this place, I, I pronounce it now in the name of Jesus. This building is going to prosper. This business is going to prosper because I am here. This is going to prosper in the name of Jesus because the son of the living God is working here. If you know, your, your management should start to recognize that they are being blessed because of you. The company is prospering because of you. Because you bring the presence of God. You bring the power. The anointing comes with you. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Don't leave your workplace to chance. Don't leave it to other gods. Don't leave it to people to come and do leave their voodoo doors. You are the, the last one to come in. You are the first one to go. You don't know what they are going to do whilst you, whilst you have already gone. But make sure you pray for your workplace. Make sure you come and you, 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 you erect your altar there and say, God, this place is going to be different because I am here. 
From here onwards, I have come here. Things are going to be different. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Things are going to be different because the Son of God is here. The fragrance of Christ is in this place. Pardon me, I, I, that screen is not working. I don't know what I'm doing. Praise God. How many minutes have I got left? Thank you, Lord. Praise God. I'll have the, the praise and worship team come up. You know, we, 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 we live in this time where everything else is... People have given up. People have given up, to, uh, given up about the youth. People have given up about workplaces. People have given up about marriages. People have given, you have to bring this sweet incense wherever you go. That when people come, after they leave you, whatever they were going through, somehow, somehow you have to bring this sweetness. You have to bring this sweetness of Christ. That whoever was going through depression, after interacting with you, they will have this relief. I know you are anointed enough that wherever you come near people that are sick, they will be healed just by your presence without even praying for them. You have such an anointing that just interacting with them, whatever they've been going through, it becomes better. Because of the anointing that you carry. You don't have to wait until you become perfect. You don't have to wait to become a bishop. You don't have to wait to wear a collar. You don't have to wait to be anointed and wear robes to be able to preach. You are a preacher as you are. Whatever you can, you carry the gospel of life in you. You carry the gospel of Christ in you. Wherever you go, you don't have to carry your Bible with you. You don't have to speak in tongues. You just have to share your testimony. Praise God. Praise God. We live in such a time where it's so easy to share the gospel. I used, way back, I used to have a vein that I'd written, Jesus is Christ. I said, Jesus is king. I always wanted to provoke a conversation. You can always, you know, I met many different people. Some will call, say, I am the king. And then we start the conversation that way. What kingdom have you got? We start that conversation. So you need to to, to, to find a way to start a conversation. Find something that starts a conversation. Wear a t-shirt that provokes a conversation. If you are not good at starting the conversation of the gospel, I'm giving you hints. If you don't have the confidence, wear something that provokes the conversation. Once the conversation starts, God gives you what to say. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In your workplace, on your, on, your, on your desk, put something that provokes a conversation when someone walks into your office. Don't just put a beautiful picture of your family and the, oh, that's all you talk about. Put something that could provokes a conversation about the kingdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Not a little fish on your, on, on, on your car. I know, I know we think we are Christians by putting a little fish on our car. That means nothing. I've seen people that have put a fish with legs on, 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 on their car. But do something that will provoke a conversation. I wish I had time to, 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 to delve in this. Do something that provokes a conversation in your workplace. Do something that causes a conversation with your friends. Why are you so joyful like this? Why are you so happy? Why is it when things are going pear-shaped, you always are cheerful? Start a conversation by these things. Praise God. Even as I, as I learned. For those that are joining online and those that are in the room, the power of the gospel 
transforms lives beyond imagination. There are people, I remember a young man that I found in the street years back. The last week I was sharing with someone and said, this young man, he was a street kid. I know here in Australia you don't have any street kids, but back home we do. This young man started following me like a puppy. Now he is a professor. He just launched his own newspaper. From the street, can you imagine how God can transform someone from being a street kid to become a professor? He is a professor. And he has just launched his own newspaper. He runs a ministry of over 6,000 to 9,000 membership. But this, he, was a, he was a street kid for God's sake. He had, no, he had nothing. He had nothing. This is the power of the gospel. Did I go to Bible school and started telling how all these, you know, Christian jargons? No, I just said, follow me, young man. Just see what I am doing. And we just walked with him. I had nothing myself. I had nothing to give him. I didn't even have money to give him. But the fact that I just extended the love of Christ to him, that changed his family, that changed his neighbors, the whole family, and the, his whole family are Christians. Praise God. This is the power that we have as Christians. Let's not sit on it. It can only be activated once you start doing something about it. Praise God. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.